yeah. you were a late bloomer. No, no. Well, in terms of <laughs> finding, the first time I've heard finding the band and yeah. late bloomer putting together in the Shut same up. sentence. So, well, right. no, like the game. Uh, Daft Punk was around for 30 years. I mean, they, they, they just because I know Whoa. they were just. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so. for me, let's just say college years. So, you know, I was probably around for the last 10. So you didn't get your musical pubic hairs until college. <laughs> well, when it comes to that genre of their music, let's just say that. But, dude, I mean, I've been in music. We were just talking about last night, dude. Like the level of music. I mean, like we were talking about punk and rock and all this other stuff, man. We, I mean, that's how you, I think that's one of, one of the primary things as a kid is discovering who you are through music, especially at such a young age. So I, we, I think we both had that, man. So no, I wouldn't say the puberty thing with music as a, 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 in college. I just had to make it slightly disgusting and yes. weird and make you feel uncomfortable. I mean, that's that's, that's what goal. that's what uh, I think there was a while back. I was I was like telling you, Miles, like Miles, really? Like, come on, like, did you have to? And like. Your response yeah. was, uh, what, what are you new? Like, <laughs> are you new to the Miles program? Like, Jesus Christ, like, there's gonna be I'm not gonna cite you for messing up our intro song at all. I, we did pretty good. <laughs> I I had the uh, the language. I was like, just for <laughs> one moment. <laughs> I I clicked yeah. the wrong click. Yeah, but now we're back. Yeah, we're good. We're Clickety good. Clack the wrong clack. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's <sighs> let's just dive right into it. We got a busy show here tonight. Um, you know, obviously we are gonna we'll probably run long. I don't think I can't remember when you and I talked last or you and I talked. When we first started doing the show, we always said it was going to be like 45 minutes. Yeah. Most of this is ever going to go. But we end up running like an hour, hour and a half, two, two hours. hours. It got crazy. It sometimes gets a little crazy. And so, um, you know, I'm going to try to keep us on a schedule tonight, yeah. definitely, and try to um, bring it down a notch, all right? Because it gets too crazy in here sometimes. And, you know, you're going to be a regulator. Is that what you're saying? I am going to Warren G regulate. Wow. For today. Miles as a regulator. That's a, those yeah. two words have never gone together at all. No, I, I shouldn't <laughs> have any type of power. I actually, um, I ended up setting a, a person's car on fire when I became a crossing guard in elementary. Shut so up. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all hardcore. Like you don't, you don't cross the crossing guard badge and that's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's just, that's how you crossing guard in elementary just teaches you how to be a snitch. That's all it is. That's all it is. You're absolutely that's right. You're, you're so proud of a badge and a little stripe over that's the it. shoulder. No, it's like number one narc. That's what you are. I still got my badge. I have my badge. Still rock. I still wear it at night in the living in the uh, in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it just I almost made you. I almost oh. made you spit it out. Yes, you did. I almost got you this time. Yes, All right, did. moving on. <laughs> well, let's let's do a little catch up here, Mike, and yeah. um, talk about your weekend. What have you been up to? Well, I'm not sure. I think we're both on the same page here. Uh, we are big fans of the Netflix Drive to Survive series, and yep, that yep. just dropped last uh, last Friday. Yep. And so 
my last, uh, my honestly, man, my weekend was just a blur. I, I did nothing except just binge on this show, you know, which Dude, I'm just, like, I'm a huge fan. I watched it too. It was so good. And I like, I normally, if it's like something that I want to get watch and then get through, like, yeah. I don't know, like anything, right. Just, I normally, I'm not going to consume, I'm going to consume like six episodes in two nights. Right. Just cause I'm yeah. like, whatever. And I'm, I'm doing my taxes or whatever <laughs> but with, but with this stuff, like I purposely don't go past two episodes a night because there's well, so much to consume it's yeah it's so much so in depth so behind the scenes and it's just the the shots and the behind the scenes um videos and interviews that they get are just mm -hmm, next level mm -hmm. and i probably repeated myself in there but yeah i'm excited it's a great great series i've really enjoyed it man um i i i've i got into the f1 world at this it, it wasn't it was by coincidence it wasn't it wasn't because Drive to Survive lured me into F1. That wasn't it at all. Oh. I just it was just coincidence that I got head-on F1 fan dedicated. I'm up every other Sunday morning at 6 a.m. to watch these damn things. And there's, coincidentally, I've been watching every season. This is season four. There's now. definitely a resurgence of like F1 since Netflix. It's kind of like the people that were into import racing when Fast and Furious came out, like, nah, were you pre-Fast and Furious? It's almost like a timeline, Mark. Like, were you pre-FNF or were it's, you post-FNF? It's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. It is. You, you know, oh, we were just talking about that, too, where the the U.S. Grand Prix, the only one here uh, last season, 400,000 people were in attendance in Austin for the U.S. Grand Prix. Now, that's just – Let's take it back to when we both went to the inaugural Grand Prix, uh, 20, 2013. Right. Yeah. We're nerding out. Yeah, We're I know. I, yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it, it quadrupled in size. And I, it, I, I'm not saying oh, any one oh, year did oh, it, but sorry. the Netflix effect on F1 and, or the, the, the drive uh, to survive effect, yeah. it's, been, it's been a good response. Good and bad, but uh, mostly good. Well, I'm glad you liked it. And yeah. uh, they made it just for you, so I'm glad you oh, enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. yeah, great. So yeah, and then you're tearing apart an engine. Let's make this quick. Come on. So yeah, I mentioned on it last time. Uh, I started tearing <laughs> apart this engine some more. And guess what I found, Miles? I'm pulling the engine out. Uh, the pulling the engine apart, and I have to I have to spin the crank. And I'm like, well, it'd be nice if I had a bolt to spin the crankshaft inside this engine, right? And I didn't have one, so I said, all right, well, let me go get one so i finally get one and Jammed then as i'm putting the here. bolt in I, I, i'm trying to thread it in and i'm having problems and i look into with a flashlight and i realize the old crank bolt is stuck inside the crankshaft oh, it's been snapped your off. present oh well there you go a hell you of a got, present you know yeah, yeah it's a huge stick in the wheels point, you got 1.1 bolts so <laughs> uh, it's all wrong so yeah, yeah. I'm going to be spending uh, this next week uh, tearing down the engine a little bit more and then taking it to a machine shop where they're going to have to work some magic. The jury's still out whether this engine or this crankshaft is going to be salvageable. So I will keep it's... you informed. But, uh, man, at this point, uh, I'm doing this, you know. Well, worst case, we'll find another crankshaft and we'll figure it all out. So I, yeah. uh, my yeah, How about you, my man? Best Let's... You... Yeah. Oh. Oh, why are you worried oh, about what I'm doing yeah. in my life? Um, uh, <laughs> not much. I don't think I got too much going on. I've got, um, I'm just working on people's cars, fixing stuff in my garage. I saw you I uh, tore that, that Datsun pickup, that truck that you bought. You, you cut the top off of it. 
You're making, making a trailer. A, That's I'm making yes. a trailer out of the back ass of it. So, and I refuse to spend any money. So I'm completely going junkyard about it. So yes, um, we'll see how cool it gets. Um, but like I said, that's going to be my new little hauler around for, you know, uh, it's tools and tires and stuff. That's going to be fun. Events. So I yes, like, hey, why not? Great. So that's going to be really. Well, that's really all fun. I'm doing right now. Um, let's dive into um, a lot. But before we do that, we do have to do some crowd work. <laughs> who do we got out there of course we are live uh on social media through the facebook channel and we can see uh all the comments that, that are coming in uh throughout the show and we'll be happy to share them with you uh actually we just spoke with them not too long ago jonathan wheeler saying hey hey what's up dude hope you're doing all right He's just trying to cloud this episode because the entire episode last time was about Mr. Wheeler. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, man. Glad you could be with us. Thanks for being here, man. Ion is always our faithful um, IT guy. Of course. We can't figure out what we're doing. Yep. So he fixes everything for us. I'm sure we've got some other people that will be chiming in here in the next few minutes. But yeah, let's let's move on here. Uh, thanks again, guys, for being with us tonight. Um, I want to obviously just do our, our compile as well. We start off here. I want to give a salute to those in the family who we wish good health. And the, for those who we have lost, may we remind, be reminded of them them often. There we go, man. Thank you. Bye everybody. If you've got something, join us, join us. <laughs> All right, let's go straight into news tonight, Mike. Um, I think you got the first article for the evening, right? I do. Um, it, 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 <sighs> it's it's crazy. Well, it's not crazy. I'm torn, and and um, you're gonna get angry. Ahead. Let me just you say, like yes, I am. I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> say it in the beginning here. This is not a Nissan. However, I'm going to tell you why it's why it is Nissan related. And I'll go ahead and share my screen on this. Uh, I am referring to uh, no. the. Don't, don't, don't steal here. my thunder. Hold on, hold on. No. That's you? No, sorry. Yeah, that's me. There we go. All right. I am wanting to talk about an article that just came out uh, here uh, in the last uh, two weeks here regarding a Toyota 2000 GT. Uh, not just any 2000 GT, this was a. Uh, one of three uh, Toyota cars that were owned by Carroll Shelby in his racing efforts. And little known fact, Carroll Shelby raced for one year uh, 2000 GT Toyotas in the SCCA uh, C-Group class. Now, this particular car just went to auction, and it literally is the first car, first Japanese classic to break the $2 million mark at auction, which is a huge yeah, huge milestone for Japanese cars as a whole. But let me tell you what, and this is this is where I'm going to get angry. <laughs> okay, let me. T- I don't understand. Well, I understand it because it's the car that it is. Fine, uh, just based on it being a, a a rare car in general. But the fact that it's a Shelby car, I love Shelby. Shelby is one of the first icons as a kid that I lo- knew that I got to know and love. And that's what makes me torn about this. But when it comes to Shelby and Toyota, this car didn't – it competed for one year. It received oh. a fourth place in points for that season. It was completely obliterated by Peter Brock and his BRE team. And I'm like, if this car is making it for over $2 million, I, I want to see some BRE cars 
based on the motorsport merit alone, these BRE cars and Datsun in particular need to get some love when it comes to these auctions, man. Particularly these I heritage say, cars. I, so I see where you're going with this. You're, yes. I was like, the, Mike's lost his mind. He's leading with a Toyota article. <laughs> and I was like, but but what he's doing is he's slinging mud. I see what's going down with uh, Mike D tonight. Yeah, 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 so yeah. You're, you're, you're complaining that this car is worth too much money. And you think that uh, there there's some other cars that actually truly did have a little more championship lineage. Yes. Namely the BRE, Sharp, yes. all his cars. So what you're saying is we need to raise the ceiling value of those cars and make Adam Corolla even richer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, now let me just say this too. And this, and honestly, this is a little known fact up until anybody who watch, who listens or watches the uh, Japanese nostalgic car site. Uh, it's not very well known that Shelby got in. This is actually a huge story, by the way. And by the way, uh, let me go ahead and give a reference to this. Uh, I have the DVD. It was available on Netflix, not any longer, but there was a, a documentary called The Carol Shelby Story, uh, Shelby American. I got it here because I'm old school. I got the DVD. But also, go if on. you look onto the Peter Brock website, I'm going to bring this up right here. It tells you this is Peter Brock's personal racing site. This is BRE2.net. Telling you the exact story of what happened between Shelby and Brock at this time. And um, a little bit of a history lesson. Toyota made a deal with Brock first. And this is right at the same time that Shelby was making – he had already made uh, a huge name for himself with the Mustangs and with Ford. And when it came to uh, racing with Shelby, Toyota did a complete 180 at the last minute and gave the contract, took it away from Brock, and gave it to Shelby, thinking that that was the move to make. Now, as a response, Brock goes and makes connections with Dotson, and it's totally here. It, it's 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 on the website. You can look into it into detail. But as a result, uh, Brock goes in and gets a, a few Fair Lady Roadsters. Uh, this is the 1968 season, and obliterates the Shelby team so much so embarrasses Shelby so much that he doesn't even pr- compete in a Toyota ever again. Uh, after that moment. And I think that is a huge accomplishment. Now, it's no secret either. Peter Brock was a, a former employee of Carroll Shelby, Shelby American. And that's a lot of a lot of where his um, his oh, my God, uh, his his folklore, the, the 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 aura that is Peter Brock. He's been in so many things. But the fact that he went up against his boss after the whole Ford thing and kicked his ass, he kicked his boss's ass. I'm like, how, what's cooler than that? You know what I mean? And so, again, based on this, I'm going to wrap it up here, though. But based on this, I'm thinking on the motorsport merit alone, whenever the time comes when you see some BRE heritage cars go up to auction, I want it to see not only <laughs> – I want it to see – I want to see them kick Shelby's ass as, again, but on the auction block. So – you and I had a chance to meet um, Peter Brock here recently at the, I think the most recent um, convention. Yes. And you and I, um, we're, we're fans of his. Um, I had him sign some design sketches that I, I've held on to for years yeah. of, uh, of some stuff that he drew up. And, and we were comparing notes and you had a book and this is actually pretty hilarious. <laughs> you had a book. And it, it was uh, – I'll, I'll let you finish the story here. Well, it was actually – it wasn't book. mine. It was with my, our buddy Ion. As Ion's book, he gets signed. It was Shelby American documentary book. And Ion, if you're on there too, you can feel free to say a few things. But he asks Peter Brock to – at a, at a Nissan convention, he asks Peter Brock to sign a Shelby book. And it's, uh, it's based on the biography 
of Carol Shelby. And of course, Brock's got some mention in it, let's say. Yeah, yeah. But as part of the signature, Brock says, it's all lies. Peter Brock. That's <laughs> in the book. It's so priceless. Like, I was but right there with he, Ion. He, signed yes. it. he goes, it was all lies, Peter Brock. It's all lies. Don't hilarious. believe a thing he says. You know? <laughs> Peter Brock's, he's a pretty, he's a pretty interesting character. Like, and, and actually a pretty funny guy. Like, but I mean, yeah. knowledgeable engineer at its heart, race car driver. I mean, well, it's, again, it's hard, it, it's hard to get better than that. So it, it's actually true. And, and and again, mentioning earlier, he had been involved in so much, not just Dotson, not just Shelby and Ford and Mustang, uh, Lamar, for God's sake. Uh, he was involved with GM. I mean, the 63 Corvette, the split window C3 Corvette. That is his creation. He worked. He had uh, connections uh, working with Harley Earl, one of the most uh, prolific designers for GM at that time, uh, having these influences. I think he was a teenager working at GM. I mean, and so from the very get-go, this guy has been so involved in motorsport and in, with cars. And it's, uh, it's, it's really an amazing story. I, I love, I love reading about it just like here on his website, uh, which actually segues into what I wanted to mention, Miles. Uh, Peter Brock was just inducted into the motorsports hall of fame uh, within the last few weeks here. As, as he should have been, been. absolutely. And so been. this this was what I wanted to continue as well. So we'll leave these links into the show notes if you want to watch uh, his acceptance speech. And it was a, a decent acceptance speech. I want to say, that, you know, obviously a few minutes. I've got it here running in the background uh, just for a few moments. But this was uh, in Florida where the Motorsports Hall of Fame uh, is located. Uh, Brock uh, just turned 85 not too long ago. So, I mean – a career man you're talking easily 60 65 years uh more than that even of of a career in motorsports and a successful one a very successful one at that so, so i definitely wanted to spend my portion of the show saying just congrats to peter brock he well deserved uh being around him is obviously a complete a treasure to be able to be around him again we were at with him uh zcon this last year and uh just just keep on doing it, man. Uh, we'd love to see him again. Well, very cool, Mike. Good find, too, as well. Yeah, and, and again, for anybody who wants to article. check those things yes, out, yes. Uh, for anybody who wants to check those out, um, we definitely have those on the website. Um, you can look at those. Um, I did want to go into some comments here real quick. Um, uh, Ion said that 2000 GT, that uh, that was a Scooter Patrick and Dave Jordan's, uh, they drove that car. Um, so, yeah, great. I'm glad it's a uh, Toyota. Mm. Um, knowledge but uh you know for yeah 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 information i'm just kidding on uh, but uh let's see here moving on down the line. um mr papa giorgio john papa sergio um he goes i have a shelby can-am bodied by peter brock that's pretty wow of course i don't doubt it yeah i mean his his garage is pretty legendary and i uh we need to run by there one of these days when we're doing uh one of our world tours very cool so we uh we yeah he's <laughs> on nerd world tour <laughs> yeah we need to come, come, do that one of those come, days coming to coming to a bathroom stall near you where we're like, we're just like we got the, 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 the road trip runs we're just like no no right yeah. in here it's an easy rush we're coming at you live from the from shady oaks gas station all right moving on down the line um, yes, so uh, next on next what we got going on you, is um I, well i want to have talk an article about, um, i do have an article so 
I, this has kind of been all over the place because I guess a lot of people got really upset by it. And then Mike, I'll let you uh, bring it up here. But yes. so uh, this was actually came out on um, a few places, but Japanese, Japanese nostalgia car did a really good article um, where they actually had found um, two, two Nissan concepts. Mm. This actually turns out to be three, uh, three ah. Nissan concepts that were actually crushed at a scrapyard. Uh, articles actually by Nostalgic uh, Car by Pinsu, who's an avid Nissan nerd just like the rest of us. Um, so these cars actually made their way um, uh, into the scrapyard and then have been there for some long some time. The silver minivan is actually the Nissan Quest concept um, that uh, ultimately mm. ended up uh, here. Um, you know, it's kind of stripped down. I wanted to, me and Mike I, were noticing the pointing of attention on the, 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 uh, brakes. Yes. I was like, damn, Dude, some six you got some, yeah, like, some two piece rotors on a quest, man. Like that's pretty cool to see. And then it's so sad that it's, you know, obviously no wheels in the dirt, just forgotten. Yeah. Oh, so sad. Out, you know, but it, yeah, it definitely has all the cue of like the Murano and that design period era. The smaller mirrors with the cameras kind of built in it. So, you know, there's some cool yeah. stuff that was in these cars when they ripped it all up. Next car um, that is riding uh, side next to this is called the Bavel. Um, the Bavel was, um, uh, I think it was coined as the car that was going to um that was made for uh empty nesters that hmm. wanted to be active it was basically meant to rival the uh the rav4 if you will so this was going to be nissan's answer to that um it did come out it actually got a lot of publicity uh for a really long time unfortunately this is where it is i did want to show you some pictures of it mike uh before mm -hmm. i want to share the uh some pictures of the bavel it was actually a pretty cool concept it. Um, and I just well, wanted to kind of share it a little bit and just some of the little aspects uh, of things that it that it had that not a lot of people knew about and I'll kind mm -hmm. of run into it while you're doing that miles oh, I was thinking about what made me laugh right now was you mentioned the idea of that a van was had the mind of wanting to have something for the elderly who wanted to get out I was like what what kind of full contact uh, experiences were they were they planning on doing? You know, it's just like, man, I want to know. Is this <laughs> well, I think it was kind of like like basically a cross between like a van that you could take off roading, and I could kind of see that with some of yeah. this. You know, um, it was definitely interesting. You know, concept. It's rare that concept ideas make it fully to production, but I mean, yeah. some of the things that kind of came out here were pretty were pretty awesome. I mean, look at it. You had yeah. your heads-up displays back then. You know some of the yeah. uh, the dial designs in the center that you would uh, that were uh, you also saw in BMWs at the time. I mean, they were one yeah. of the first people to kind of start doing that for the ride suspension and adjustability. Um, I, I dig the seat. I, I know it probably was a nightmare to sit on, and you know, for, for the hemorrhoid friends out there, it, it was definitely not in, an interesting seat for anybody out there. But I think it actually had a swivel option, from what I remember. But here you go, man. It, uh, lay down seats. A lot seats. of these lay down seats, you know. You know I think it's surfboards, <laughs> and there you go. I mean, kayak stuff, they have like a little whatever the hell is going uh, on. I was there. thinking knitting machines and other type of accessories. You, I'm just... <laughs> you wonder why, and you wonder why you didn't peak in until college. In the nah, nah, right. nah. Um, <laughs> now, what there's got to, you know, and it, obviously it was sad to see these these prototypes 
in a salvage yard. Uh, it means being scrapped. I mean, I understand not everyone makes it to not every concept lives a full life. There's something, but there's got to be a better way. I mean, well, granted, I see well, it. It's I got mean, liability issues because these concepts these cars are go safe, somewhere. I mean, these cars take up garage space. You know, the, it's next to damn near impossible to maintain them because yeah. everything is custom one off. Um, you know, a lot of times when you have concepts uh, for those that have never seen a concept like underneath the hood, a yeah. lot of them don't have engines. Um, a lot of them are oh. just fiberglass bodies. Um, you know, never nothing's well, ever hammered out with metal, that type of scenario. I mean, it's all clay laid over fiberglass yep. and then you know um and that's pretty much what we're looking at so. and you know it's funny you mentioned that too you remember when we were talking with uh somebody about the, that remember that orange 350z concept that made its way around like an 0201 when they were when nissan was trying to tease the new 350z that concept car uh there was uh, we we spoke with somebody about it and we asked them, yeah, what what's what's underneath it? What's you know what's missing? What, what what how did you make this? And he goes, yeah, the the chassis is a 240SX, and if you look at the seat, the seat is an office chair that just looks like a racing seat. And I was like, Jesus Christ! I mean, and again, it's just all about that that what, what would you call it? like a, a ten foot viewpoint? It looks good from yeah. ten feet away, you know, or or five feet away. It, again, purely as a concept it's a proof of concept just to get some yeah. reaction you know about what if this is actually worth going going after you know i agree 100 hey mike give me one more share before i let everybody kind of go on the article but sure yeah so the quest uh, obviously was there the bevel there was another car that that was in there called the ncs concept i'm not even going to show it mm. to you because quite honestly it was one of the more uglier cars that ever made it but there's the quest on top um, there's some car in the middle. I have no idea what that is. Mm. And then the car on the bottom is a green. That's called the NCS concept. So wow. it was actually a total of three cars that ended up make, um, finishing their lot life off in the scrapyard. But I'm always curious, like, okay, mm. so you've got a prototype that's sitting in a junkyard. How do you get your hands on it? Will they sell it <laughs> to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. What can you take off of it? I mean, you got to be able to, I mean, an envelope full of twenties. I mean, yeah, I would yeah. Imagine just being on calibers. Imagine, wheel? yeah, something sh shift knob. You know, something. Uh, uh, you know, I imagine. Imagine being an employee at a salvage yard, and every day is just crap. Sometimes, and you're just, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, out of the corner, you just see these concepts, and it just, yeah. What what kind of schemes go into the minds of shop of salvage yard? employees man to kind of get these things out the back door and you know in that a lot of these things that happen you know there are a lot of cars again we were talking about auctions earlier a lot of these cars that make into auction today were supposed to be scrapped 40 50 years ago imagine how pissed they are when they find out that kind of stuff because for a long time yeah. and i'm not i'm going to talk about the nissan dollar sales so nissan had these cars that they were selling for like a dollar they could never be titled they, and they could basically be turned into race cars or just demo model cars like uh, show cars and i don't know all the details for it but i always was intrigued by that um, idea and I always wanted to know all the logistics and how you made that happen. Could it ever be owned? Um, yeah. Could it ever be titled? That kind of thing. But what's crazy is those cars kind of get forgotten about for 10, 15, 20 years and then they pop up and they're selling at like 
uh, whatever the crazy auctions are in yeah. in uh, Arizona, and then they're going for like four hundred thousand dollars. And you got to be somebody at the factory, whoever it is, has got or the manufacturer has got to be just what the you know like for real. <laughs> for real. Right, like, why did we? Why I thought we crushed this piece first off. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it raises a point: Does a Nissan employee need to be on site to visibly see these things get crushed? Like. That's a lot of that's a lot of moves to make to have to verify something, but Jesus, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I you know, there's that whole, um, uh, you, you know, they have development in some of this stuff sometimes, and yeah. they need to crush that stuff and and uh, for proprietary protection, I would assume. I can't see a lot of that being like that but you know these companies have to protect themselves and that kind of stuff so yeah interesting if anybody has any insight on that or has a hand in the behind the scenes on what it takes to um for those cars to legally become in the hands of nerds and dorks like ourselves let us know so yeah right i i agree man uh anyway moving uh, on down the line we got more to talk about yes now we do. We're going to talk about the new Z because we seem to always talk about the new Z. <laughs> it's so it's hot right six now. Six years for it. It's so hot right now. Hansel's so hot. <laughs> All right. Um, Hansel. Anyway, uh, moving on down the line. Uh, let's talk about um, some new. Um, you also yeah. had some news about some other well, stuff happening, right? Well, speaking, speaking of Zs and speaking of getting crushed yeah, the latest some of the latest news to come down within Ooh. the last couple of weeks is that yes the nissan z prototypes some of them will be getting crushed uh once once uh, this whole promotion and campaign is over with now i'm pretty sure some have been crushed already some are Liability, some will that's what it is all right. Yeah, liability for sure. They're saying definitely like how we we're saying earlier the, the safety aspect of some of these cars these are pre-production cars yeah. uh that um, cannot be completely validated as safe or roadworthy. So for that reason, these things have to get scrapped. And so, yeah, that is some of the news uh, regarding the Z-Watch. Uh, uh -oh. Second article I have is, uh, let's get into it. Now, this is Japan only. However, McDonald's Happy Mills come with a Nissan Fairlady Z-Toy in Japan. Here is a, a sample of a picture of one of the uh, many different models of cars, but the Z is one of them being included as part of Happy Meals in Japan. I this isn't the first time Nissan's done this. You know, about six months ago, we talked about the same thing happening when they McDonald's had done it with a gold GTR, uh, and I believe also a 370Z. There was, I think, there's multiple Nissans, but this time, again, as you can see here, this is actually going to be a Happy Meal item in Japan. Uh, I know uh, if you haven't already, Miles, I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm calling up my Japanese buddies trying to see if uh, they can, you know, well, I'll, we'll, I'll uh, pay the five bucks we'll for the happy meal. The happy meal. Yeah, yeah. Free meal on us. You just get us a few toys, man. You know, whatever four billion yen it is. According <laughs> to <the sense>. uh, <laughs> and, and I got to say, though, uh, you know, I really wish the U.S. had had just as strong of a favoritism with model cars as Japan does. Model cars in Japan, I just, at least from my experience, be, having been there and, and, and seeing it, uh, there's something about model cars that just everybody goes nuts over. And I really like Toys, seeing man. that. Toys now, and uh, what do they call them? Avatars? Like little everything out there. Like you can't. Everywhere you go, there's a little toy associated to like something that you do. Like riding the train, there's a toy. Uh, I mm -hmm. mean, you know. 
taking a pee in a in the urinals, <laughs> there's a toy, and you're just like, Jesus Christ, do I have to have a toy for every single yeah. thing? But it's cool, I dig it. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm into model cars, but yeah. But sorry, well, got on my high horse. My well, apologies. So no, no, I got you. <laughs> we we have we now granted we we do have a car model culture. I mean, I mean, most popular. The first thing I can think of is Hot Wheels. I mean, everybody collects Hot Wheels, trades Hot Wheels. There is a Hot Wheels hustle that if you go to eBay, for example. You can find it. It is. It does exist. But I mean, again, it's McDonald's. It's such mainstream. And the fact that Nissan was able, you know, they're making these connections so that kids all over the world talking about hooking them while they're young. Maybe American car makers should do this more often in the States, because if you really get them into sports cars, especially in Happy Meals like this, that's really going to hopefully plant the seed into a lot of kids to want to be more of a, an enthusiast as they get older. And that kind of revitalizes like guy, our whole you, car culture, you know? Yeah. You sound like, like there was a guy in the 50s that'd be like, look, we can give kids cigarettes <laughs> in, elementary, in elementary schools. Yeah. And by the time they're adults, they're hooked for life. And that's how it is. And that's, that's how you – it's like in your mind, you're like greatest idea well, ever. But the, the reality is it's like these kids are going to be – if they're into sports cars, they're going to be too broke to to make any real bad decisions in their lives. They can't yeah. get married because they're, they're too damn broke. They can't do drugs and get a good drug addiction because guess what? They're too broke. They can't start a band because they yeah. spend all their money on they – can't, they can't fit their instruments in these cars. Yeah. Project cars have so many um, benefits, honestly, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's no money <laughs> for drugs. Go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that ain't happening. You've got, you've got uh, a you know, performance mod list to feed, you know, with, with your money, oh, for yeah. God's sakes. Um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, remember uh, we were talking about the, the cigarette ads? You remember candy cigarettes, right? Remember as a kid, you get them from the oh, ice cream man? And oh, yeah. I'm like, it's kind of the – I mean – no, Z cars in general—they are not—they they are not harmful for your health. I think it would actually bring really good enthusiasm, man, especially for sports cars. So, yeah, I don't know. Some—it's got to have been tried before. If not, somebody tried again. For God's sake, listen, listening. Bring that same model to use. Yes, what are you smoking? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike's running the uh, running the campaign on hooking the kitties in uh, in element in yeah. kindergarten pre K. Next year we're going pre K. We're doing really, it. You really want to monetize the enthusiasm by? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the key word is monetize. Yeah. <laughs> There's an evil that exists there that we should, probably shouldn't talk about any further. Moving on down the line. They, so uh, from here we got to go uh, through news because um, we've got a lot to kind of cover. We We've done the Z watch and we're kind of at that point. So let's go through news in 60 seconds. Let's finish up the news. And then we have some other stuff that we got to kind of talk about tonight. So yes, we do. Yes, we do. Again, we're going to breeze through this uh, respectfully as much as we can here. This is news (laughs) in 60 seconds. Let's get this up. Uh, Where are we at? Hit it. Uh, Do it. Ready? Boom. There we go. This is News in 60 Seconds. First up is Nissan offers support to the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine. It's no secret. It's a world uh, topic right now about, uh, again, we're not political here, Miles. I understand that. So uh, the, the, the country of uh, Ukraine is needing of assistance, and Nissan is answering that call. Uh, they are creating a 2.5 million euro fund to support the humanitarian crisis in the Ukraine. 
Uh, priority has always been safety and livelihood of people, and the Nissan Cares Fund will contribute to wider efforts to support the people of Ukraine. Uh, through the fund, Nissan will donate 1 million euros to the Red Cross and to other nonprofit organizations supporting ongoing emergency activities, uh, providing life-saving assistance and essential uh, supplies to families and children at this time. So props to Nissan for uh, making a stand and doing this. Definitely newsworthy. Uh, wanting to make it here part of uh, today's show. Uh, next one I have here, uh, not as humanitarian, but we'll go ahead and say it anyway. Uh, sadly, another country has killed the Nissan GTR. Uh, the GTR is being, let's just say it, I mean, for lack of a better word, phased out of certain countries for various reasons. Uh, this article is referring to the country of Holland, who uh, is. Uh, no longer bringing the GTR, offering it in its country. Uh, this is due to emission regulations and not being stringent enough to satisfy the country's uh, regulations on emissions. Now, you can, at the, currently, just to let you know, you can still find the GTR in Belgium and in Germany, for example, but, but most other European countries are no longer offering the GTR right now. Uh, for, again, for these reasons, either emissions-related um, also, price. Uh, the uh, Nissan High Performance Center confirmed that uh, European sales will end uh, fairly soon. So if you are in Europe and you are listening to us, the suggestion here is to grab one while you still can, especially if you want a new one. Yeah. Um, yep. Again, Stop prices buying those are wooden very shoes. High. Stop buying those <laughs> shoes. Save your money. And yeah. uh, and uh, start looking at getting yourself a GTR because I feel like the pricing on those is going to go up uh, here yeah. pretty soon. So well, no more smoke and a pancake and <laughs> pipe and a cripe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bong and a Now this isn't. Uh, not, not, you know, I was thinking about this. They were talking about price, and so uh, yeah, I was looking it up, and I was like, because I remember when the Z, when the GTR first came out, its price point was like a revolutionary like low i mean i think for us it was right at a hundred thousand and to get that type of supercar performance for a hundred thousand was unheard of especially in 2008 2009 and so i was kind of figuring out how high has it gone in the last what is that 12 14 years and so um it, currently in the U.S., 113,000 is for a base model GTR. Hasn't been much of a change uh, price-wise, which is admirable. I mean, especially when you think about if inflation. You know, in this economy, <laughs> but uh, in Europe, though, uh, much higher. I think the base model uh, that they mentioned in this article, uh, starting at 200,000 for a base model GTR. So that's just an example of why price. Uh, is one of the one of the factors uh, to sales uh, being reduced and eventually ultimately ending the GTR in in Europe. Now this isn't the first time, of course. Uh, not too long ago, we did report that the that in Australia, the GTR is leaving due to crash test regulations and not being able to uh, to meet uh, Australia's crash test regulations. So. Um, it's just small pieces here and there, man. Uh, I, I know hopefully uh, the GTR will be next on the uh, list of cars to uh, to to uh, get a facelift and to get a new uh, generation. So uh, hopefully uh, the changes that they do make will solve some of these problems so that you can see them in Europe again and uh, see them in Australia again. So that's that that is my hope as well. So uh, 
for me, that's news in sixty seconds. Though, Miles, I think you had one. It's not too. It's not very often you get to pull a news in sixty seconds. So <laughs> I wanted to give you the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I'll, uh, I wanted to take a few moments to talk about. Uh, unfortunately, um, a legend in the uh, in the industry passing away here as of recently. Not a lot of people knew uh, knew about this uh, stateside, but I did want to kind of bring it up. So this actually just came out in uh, Nostalgic Car here this morning. But uh, for those that don't know, Konamitsu uh, Takahashi um, uh, unfortunately uh, passed away. He was a drifting legend, uh, also a motor motor uh, motorcycle. Ch- um, legend as well but for those that don't know um he was pretty much the grandfather of drifting from from what it's told and uh he was a legend uh, amongst the hakasuka gtr world um but yes. you know there's some great photos in here uh we will also post this up here but for those that don't know i mean this is probably some of the more notable vehicles that he raced and won in um you know the uh, these R series vehicles that it, back when he was racing for the Prince yes. during the Prince time period for Nissan, that's uh, the Skyline two thousand GTS. I mean mm-hmm. the R three eighty, which is this. This is the R three eighty, the the first gen, um, as it's known now. I actually saw this car uh, when Nissan did a small museum. Um, piece at the Peterson Museum mm. in uh, in LA. So I actually um, I made my way down there on purpose was specifically just to see this car. It had just opened like that day, so I had an opportunity to go check it out. It's pretty awesome. So wow, well yeah. When I did read that article, with the fact that in the article they were talking about his contributions when when Nissan. This is before you mentioned Prince, and again, that's another nerd fact where uh prince was a uh automotive manufacturer that was essentially uh absorbed or or merged with nissan uh i, I believe in in the uh late 50s early 60s I, I i might get that wrong but 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 it was very influential and you mentioned the r380 that was a uh i think part of the some of the prince's efforts and specifically the skyline people don't know this but the prince the skyline came from prince that it was eventually renamed as a nissan so uh this guy goes way back and he said yes he's also the godfather of drifting uh again such such a life man and uh definitely wanted to pay tribute to him um, for those that don't know, um, like I said, an, it's a, an unfortunate thing, but like I said, a, a very full life, um, you know, at, at his passing, uh, he ended up passing away at 82, um, but a uh, mm-hmm. lot of years of, uh, of raising hail in between that. And for him, uh, we definitely do the salute. So. <laughs> but uh, he will be missed um if you get a chance uh, definitely check out the article um mm-hmm. and uh look up some of the history on him a uh, lot of a lot of good racing stories i wish we had more time to kind of talk about it but i want to take a little bit of time and just recognize that so great great job man great mob um next thing here we want to uh transition into a motorsport segments before uh, that do we gotta oh. we gotta we got to mention some of our folks. Um, Ion actually, he said the R380-2. Excuse me. Uh, oh. I was corrected, so. Mm, see? And, uh, and, of course, Ion mentioned as well, that was a, a stout race car by Prince. Okay, very cool. So, Talking about the R30, R380-2. Kind of reminds me of the new Z now, too, the th- Z34-2. 
So. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the, the version two. Maybe it'll start uh, yeah. I'm telling you, man, the nomenclature is a big thing. Yeah, we yeah. got Ion on a roll tonight. He also said the S20 motor is a detune R380 motor. All right, calm down, slow your Woo, roll. Check out the where's the where's the big brain on Brad? Uh, oh yeah, check it out. Yeah, big brain on Brad. <laughs> yes. Props to you, Ion. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on down the line, we're going to talk about motorsports here. So Super yes. GT, um, you know, we've been talking about Super GT. Everything's still kind of on hold right now. The season actually has not began. Um, we still got Super GT um, coming around in April. So the first round of Super GT will be April 16th and 17th at the Okayama International Circuit. We will obviously keep you posted as we move forward through there. Um, and as it gets closer, we'll, we'll send you the links, the live links. And if we can get you the, um, the, uh, the dubbed uh, versions of that, we'll obviously make those available to you mm -hmm. as well. But I did want to kind of mention, Mike, that there yep. was some news in the way of the new Zs that are going to be competing in the 500 series. And let's see here. Give me that steering wheel. And I want to show you some cool stuff. Let's do it, man. So at the last week, you know, I, I'm obviously we've got the race that it's coming down the pipeline here next month. So what's yeah. happening right now is a lot of shakedown and qualify. It, it's it's testing right now. So that's really what it kind of all comes down to. So Nissan uh, and has pretty much been dominant on most of the testing days uh, historically over the last few years, but. There's um, something very interesting that's happening with the new Z. So um, this article actually came from motorsports.com. It was put out by a Jamie Klein. And I, I really enjoyed it because it talked about the optimism uh, for the new upcoming Z. So the, and I'm going to read a little excerpt of it. So the Nissan yeah. Super GT driver, Ronnie Quintarelli, and uh, Betron Baguette uh, believe that the Z has the potential to fight at the head of the field at Okayama based on last week's preseason test at the track. Um, and there's a quote in here that I wanted to kind of talk about about and i also wanted to cite something while toyota topped both days of the two test day of the two day two day test uh nissan came close to taking the top spot on sunday with the number 23 nismo z um setting the second quickest time just 0.13 seconds behind the leading tom's toyota um, Tenth of a second. Of not, that's that's not a lot. They're right that's, there. They're yeah. right there. I'm yeah. telling you. And for a brand new car just coming out of the works like that, right? That's that's pretty impressive, and yeah. uh, th that gives you a really competitive fight, considering where we were the year before. Um, you know, we weren't quite finishing up in the in the higher echelons, but while Nissan has targeted a reduction in drag and increase in top speed with the new Z, four-time GT500 champion Kintarelli feels that even around a more technical layout like Okiyama, the car has the ability to fight against Toyota and Honda. So they're bringing the fight. So uh, okay. pretty interesting to see that how it's going to do um, in the upcoming um, uh, year. Uh, or actually, upcoming race in, the, in a couple weeks. So, yeah, yeah. It, that's very impressive. Think about it. I mean, again, this this is the new Z is a car they've been testing and driving uh, on the track here. Hasn't really, really seen an actual race just yet. No, but it's 1.3 seconds, sorry, 0.13 seconds behind the Supra, which that, you know, the, the, the Mark V Supra has been out since, what, 2019? 
uh, three. That, so that makes it almost three years of development. And this new Z just out of the shoot is on the heels of a, of a car that's had three years of development at the least. It's very impressive. I, I, um, you said April 16th and 17th. I want to, I want to watch it, man. I think this, in terms well, of being yeah. a Z fan and, and super GT, this is a, a really good moment to be, to, to, to be witness to this stuff, you know? Yeah. And then, like I said, uh, you know, just at the beginning of last month, you know, Nissan announced the GT500 teams, um, you know, six GTR Nismo GT3s are going to be filled in the, um, in the GT300 series. So remember how we talked about that. It's definitely the flip. You know where the where the Z is going to be in the 500. The 300 mm. is going to be. We're yep. going to see the uh, uh, the the GT3s, the GTRs. So interesting, you know, because yeah. it was always sold as the Z was the baby brother to the the GTR, and so it's kind of interesting that uh, of what's happening with. Uh, with super GT for me, it's, it's very historic and that's why I've kind of been promoting it so hard. And I kind of want people to check it out because it's really is something that we've never seen before, especially with Nissan. So if you get a chance, definitely check it out. We will put the links up as the season, the opening season begins. We'll give you all the Nissan news or the Nismo news. that's kind of coming down the pipeline this year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very excited to see that. That's pretty much what I wanted to talk about for motorsports for super GT. Awesome. Awesome, man. Great, great recap, man. Again, lots of potential. Uh, I'll go ahead and get into my part here, which is coverage of Formula E and the Nissan EDAMS team. Um, honestly, uh, just as we reported last episode, uh, we're waiting until April 9th and 10th. That is for round four and round five. Another doubleheader happening in Rome. Uh, those are the next two races. Uh, again, we are just under a month away now. Uh, I did do some digging, searching for some uh, any new articles uh, from the Nismo team and from the EDAMS team regarding uh, their efforts. Not, nothing really has come down the pipeline since, however, so um, not much to report this time around. Uh, Nissan uh, does, I believe they are currently in sixth position. Uh, sorry, it's not sixth, sixth or eighth Um as a constructor, uh, they uh, their two drivers, Sebastian Buemi and uh, Maximilian Gunther, have uh, their their last race here, round three, which was in Mexico. They uh, secured six points uh, for the as a for Nissan as a constructor. So uh, it was very good, even though rounds one and two weren't as um, uh, fruitful. Round three uh, was looking better. And uh, I think in total, there, there are much more uh, races to happen this season. So uh, there is no reason whatsoever to count Nissan out of this thing. Uh, they have much uh, – the potential, the opportunity is still there to see them uh, really be uh, one of the top constructors this year. That, that potential still exists. So uh, that's, that's my motorsports update here for, for, for the uh, – for the, the Formula E team, Three. though. So, <laughs> well, I think that's everything that we have. I mean, uh, you know, there's really not much else kind of going on. There's a few other things that we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, uh, I'm still looking to get some information on the Nissan Challenge that just opened up this week. Oh. Apparently, just this last weekend, the Nissan Challenge just uh, just began. Um, I I, we, I know we know some people that are that are taking part of that. Um, it happens out in California from 
for most of the tracks from what I remember. Uh, if anybody mm. has any insights, people that are promoting it, definitely let us know because we would love to talk about it, love to follow it. I know our friend Charles Parks uh, from Power Tricks um, sometimes competes in it. I think he has competed in the last few years, so we'll have to reach oh. out to him, see if he wants to talk about the event, um, and uh, maybe reach out to some of the other people that participate because it's been going on for a number of years, and it sounds like it's something right up our alley. Um, so again, I don't have any of the dates, um, uh, but if anybody has any of that data, definitely let us know. Um, uh, but that was everything okay. that I want to, I want to throw that little excerpt in there for the most Good, sport. good point. Good point, man. Good, good. You're right. That did come on my radar, uh, Nissan challenge. Um, just didn't have, I forgot to, to dig into it. So yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's dig into it here, man. These, these future episodes. That's, uh, let's, yeah, let's find out like what a plan. it's got. Mm-hmm. Now, what else do we got going on today, Mike? So, uh, honestly, Miles, uh, this brings us to our segment of the show where uh, we really have a really good interview lined up. Um, oh, I was trying to figure out how to how to bring this in, how to make this all happen. So, <laughs> now, I, I I think this started as a friendship over, for over the last year. We, we've been talking with this guy for over the past year, and the idea of bringing him on the show – has been floated and, and we finally just got the time together to really do this though. Um, we're finally doing it. I think it's, been, it's, it's definitely uh, worth, uh, you know, being here. So for those of you online, you're in for a treat though. Uh, we are, let's go. Well, we've been, we've been yeah. following Valkyrie uh, Autosport for, for a number of years. Um, mm-hmm. We're always impressed with everything they do. I, I mean, they're just a, an amazing group, uh, amazing company, an amazing uh, group of racers that are just putting out some astounding vehicles. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I've just always been impressed with the level of detail in their vehicles and the commitment to uh, the effort of where they're racing out uh, out in uh, SoCal, uh, primarily from what yeah. I uh, from what I recall. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to kind of bring them on. Uh, we reached out That's to cool. Brian and said, "Hey." We love you. We'd like to have you on the show. <laughs> he was nice enough to entertain us. Um, yep. Hopefully, we aren't taking too much of his time here this evening, but we definitely have a lot to talk about. Let's go ahead and bring on Brian Locke with Valkyrie Autosport. All right. Let's do it, man. From Northern California area, owner and operator of Valkyrie Autosport, please welcome Brian Locke. <laughs> hey, man. Hello, guys. I said SoCal, and uh, I forgot. I know, I cringed a little bit. I cringed a little bit. I know. I was like, well, he kind of kicks tail in both. I'm like, all right. He has been known, so. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for all the kind words, guys. Yeah, man. You're very welcome, man. And it was – yeah, just thank, thanks for taking time out of your day. I know what the time difference here. Well, it's about what's uh, two hours past. You're about seven o'clock in the evening for you now. Uh, yep. uh, hopefully, nobody's, uh, nobody's over fifty, Mike. We don't have to talk about. No, no. Well, I'm saying, like, weather. I mean, obviously, as a, as an owner and operator, and, and you know, how their how their Medicare is going. We're, we're, <laughs> so, we're missing the early bird special. No, no. But, <laughs> no, what I meant was is that as an owner and operator, you know, you've got you, you're a busy man. You've got a lot going on, especially during typical business hours. So, but either way, regardless, thank you for for making the time to yeah, to, to, to talk with us. And uh, I, you know, I got to start off though, man. Uh, you know, we had done some talking just a little bit before, and I got to say. You are one of the most diehard race enthusiasts, race drivers that I've been able to talk to because you you did something that I've always thought about doing but I've never done. You mentioned uh, living in a garage loft uh, for a period of time, not only by yourself but with with your significant other. Like, 
how do you pull that off? Like, how did like teach me, man? <laughs> like, like what what was that First about? Off, how did that that's work? That's an off? amazing sales pitch to make that happen. Yes. Second, <laughs> second, <laughs> uh, the cool factor of it just at least took you up at least five points. And most, uh, just in a guy standard alone. So yeah, yeah, it was it was easy. It was easy for me to obviously make the decision to do it. I still don't know how I convinced uh, convinced her to do it, but. Uh, She's just as crazy and into this stuff as I am. So yeah, we, uh, uh, at the time we just, um, you know, we needed every last cent we had to, to invest in, uh, the first ever GTR, uh, race car build in the country at the time. So, uh, we, we moved into the shop and I think the best part about that story is we thought there was a, an on-demand water heater and there's, so we put in a little shower in the bathroom. Turns out it wasn't an on-demand water heater. It was just like a two, it was just a real small water heater, uh, like a two gallon water heater. So I, I sold her on, oh, don't worry, it has a shower. It, we didn't have a shower. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. There might have been some borrowing of showers for a while there from friends you and went family. A little, went a little Woodstock there for a while. It's all right, man. So no yeah, judgment, judge-free zone. But it, the cool factor has to give way to other concerns. But it's, it's you worked it out. Look at you now. It's it's amazing, and I think you said the ticket is finding somebody just as enthusiastic as, as you are and willing to, you know, believe in this vision. So, man, uh, man, you definitely found a keeper. So, congrats, man, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, man, honestly, you know, there's so much about uh, yourself and with Volker Auto, so we, we Volker Auto Sports. We, we've been trying to. I, I was trying to figure out where to begin, but I mean, I know you mentioned you have like over like, like 20 years of experience as in, in as a driver or, or just in around cars in general, like, like yeah, let's nearly that the now. beginning that what, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah nearly nearly that now. It's uh thanks for making me feel old by the way. <laughs> uh, oh man. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. It's uh the big four zero this summer. So, um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I've I've spent uh, uh, my entire adult life uh, doing this. Um, yeah, so you know, it it started as a as a family hobby. Um, my brother, actually, my older brother Chris, uh, was the first one that that went to the track. Uh, you guys were mentioning Fast and Furious, you know, pre or post. I just yeah. want to say that I had an exhaust on my 1991 Acura Integra pre Fast and Furious. <laughs> So, you were in. You, know, yeah. you were in. That, that's yeah, the OG. That's that's the state. So I, yeah. I had my Acura Integra. Um, I played a lot of Gran Turismo. Um, and then my brother invited me out to a track day that he was doing. Uh, and and the minute the cars hit the track, uh, I was just immediately hooked. Uh, really hard to stay focused. Uh, in school after that point. Um, which is not a good part of the story. Stay in school, but uh, <laughs> but no, I, I I was the I was the crazy one in the family that decided to take it on as a as a profession. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a while now, but a crazy ride, but uh, a rewarding one. Yeah. Um, how did how did that original sell go? You know, you're like, hey mom, hey dad, this is what I'm gonna do. Is it? I'm pretty sure you got the whole you're gonna shoot your eye out type of scenario but i i wasn't sure yeah i wasn't sure how it was gonna go um you know i was about uh two and a half years into an aerospace engineering uh program at san jose state (laughs) wow wow even harder they're just like they probably were just like for we're going in their minds you know what i mean here they are but i i I want to say that that maybe they weren't okay with it for like uh like a day and then when they saw how serious i was uh about it 
Um, they immediately loaned me, you know, the money I needed to buy my first uh, semi-professional race car. And uh, so, yeah, they were hugely, hugely supportive uh, right away. But uh, I would say that, yeah, the, the facial expressions when, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to drop out of school and be a professional race car driver. Uh, there, were, there was some question marks. Oh, well, you know, hey, man, that's badass. I mean, because it doesn't always happen like that, you know? And it's like you're kind of having to make it on your own. Everything else, it's nice to know that you had that family, um, uh, that family support to make that kind of thing, make that kind of dream happen. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was yeah. critical. It was critical. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned, I, I know up till now, uh, and we'll get into it in a minute, you, you've done uh, with Valky Autosport, you're into the endurance racing uh, uh style of racing but i mean has it always been that style of racing i mean or was what else did you step for, into what else what else yeah, was there anything before that or it was most so i mean uh back with my uh the original family uh race team um go-to racing way 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 back when uh we we had a, a 1995 um Honda CRX SI, or excuse me, 89, 89, wow. uh, with all of, I was going to say all of 95 horsepower. Um, <laughs> and we did, uh, the 25 hours of Thunderhill together as a family. Um, when we were all brand new, I had been racing for like six months or something like that. Um, or had my race license for six months. Um, so endurance racing was immediately the passion and it's always been the passion. Um, I, I've spent a brief amount of time doing uh, time attack, um, okay. which, uh, you know, it's challenging from, uh, you know, in a different set of circumstances for the driver, you know, you got this very small window that you got to go, go perform. Um, but mainly we did that, you know, cause the, uh, the sponsorship availability for time attack, um, was, was big for a while. Um, oh, and, but as soon as we, as soon as we could, uh, get back to endurance racing, I mean, that's where my heart lies. So that's where it's been. Okay. That's good to know. I was wondering, cause, cause honestly, that's kind of, you know, I know what, endurance racing is let's say on paper but i really haven't gotten into like the actual mechanics of really what puts the sort together well, what it takes to, what it takes to be competitive endurance is a whole nother ball of wax yeah. i mean and, like yeah go ahead or uh, I, I was gonna say i mean what does it take to be competitive in endurance racing and it, to, to make it last till the end you know to what do you need to bring with you at to prep with you weeks in advance before you're you're getting to that point how does how how different does the car need to be set up in comparison well firstly to be successful in uh, endurance racing uh, you need to take advantage of every one of your friends uh to come out <laughs> and stay up all night uh you know at the 25 hour and you know dump fuel in a car and no um yeah i mean that's uh, that, that's one of the that's one of the the parts of um of enduros that that we just love uh is is how much of a team sport it is um you know a lot of times um you know sprint racing and and uh time attack racing it's not that obviously there's not teams involved but when it when it comes time for the show it's the driver it's the driver's time and that's and that's basically it where uh, obviously endurance racing there is so many aspects to that um you know you talk about how long it takes to prep for an event uh the big events that we're prepping for like the 25 hour um we're prepping for months and months and months uh, ahead of time because the logistics involved are just hugely complex you know there are jobs that aren't so glorious um but you know someone for example has to spend all night long driving the golf cart to and from the gas pump uh filling up that 55 gallon drum 
And that person's got to be just as dedicated as anybody else. Cause if you don't have fuel at your next pit stop, you know, uh, big penalties. So, uh, there's so many logistics to, um, that go into it. Um, it takes a long time to prep. And then on the car side, I mean, in the longer endurance racing, these cars are going through, you know, probably the equivalent of, of, you know, two seasons or more of racing in, in a night. Um, so every, every I has to be dotted, every T crossed, as they say. Yeah, that's, and that's what I was thinking. Cause you know, um, Miles and I just got back from a time attack event here at circuit of the Americas, um, less than a month ago and so that was kind of you know getting thinking about this interview i was that was my my benchmark i'm like okay i want to compare the differences you know and what i saw out there was of course um you're right you've got a guy with a car uh kind of participates at his leisure sometimes you know oh yeah i do this once a year i do i do this when i when i feel like it you know uh the heats were 20 to 30 minutes long you get about four four heats a day and I mean, and the pits were typically mixed. You mentioned, and I think a key point, what you're talking about with endurance racing is to said it. Yeah, it's a team effort uh, with time attack. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's a mix between team effort and then actual just enthusiasts either on their own or with a buddy kind of, kind of, kind of doing. Watching you guys go through like your videos, uh, you know, and I, I've been watching your videos for some time now, mm-hmm. and which is, which is why we wanted to have you on the show. And, but I mean, the amount of, I can't even contemplate the amount of seat time that goes into it. Not to mention like uh, the amount of, um, of just uh, concentration that you have to kind of put into something like that. I mean, the, the dedication's just got to be there. I mean, it, it's one thing like even me, like even carting or going out and just doing like an HP uh, DE event or something. I'm like, I'm usually destroyed by the end of the day. Like, for you, I'm like, I'm assuming like your bones are powder by the end of this thing, by the end of the week. I mean, let's talk about that. Like, how do you physically prepare for something like that? What's your recovery like after something like that? Because I mean, your downtime from event to event, if you're, especially if you're doing a series as well, it, it's, it's reasonable, but it's, it, it, it's not all forgiving as well either between the, your body and the car. Right. Yeah. You know, you talk about how do you recover? Um, uh, you know, I come back from, uh, we come back from a, a big race weekend, a big endurance event. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's definitely like time to take a day or two off because you're, you're so wiped, you know, but then a lot of times people that don't quite understand, you know, what I do, they're like, well, you just were out racing, like having a good time. Like, what do you mean you need a day off? And it's like, well, let's see, let me, you know, here's all the problems we had. Here's how late we were up, you know, the stress leading up to it, you know, especially with, um, uh, especially in the last few seasons with Valkyrie, we started to race some, some very, very expensive cars and the budgets have gotten, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, disgusting at times. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of stress that goes along with that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, go ahead, and I wanted to kind of talk about that. I actually wanted to just kind of lead into talking about the, uh, uh, the Valkyrie, uh, auto sports now, um, you know, obviously you guys are, are getting some, some great notoriety and some great fame. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the origins uh, of Valkyrie. How did, how did the business begin? Well, my wife and I, um, you know, we had done, uh, let's see, uh, 
you know, transitioning from uh, from the family racing thing, um, I I ran a a shop in in Scotts Valley for a while, um, just not too far from where I live now. Um, that's where uh, the the original GTR Time Attack program um, originated, uh, and then through that, you know, we went to Cobb Tuning Motorsports. Uh, from that, um, we did AM Performance, and all these were basically owned by other people. Um, and at the end of those programs, uh, you know, you you wave goodbye to to cars you've poured your heart into, um, and uh, it's just the nature of the business. And um, you know, we looked at each other and said, you know what, we want we want to we want some uh, stability. We want more control. We're going to start our own thing. And oh, excuse me. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, we said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna start our own race team. Um, you know, we got to invest in all the equipment, you know, do the whole thing, um, obviously come up with a name. We didn't want to do, uh, you know, your last name racing because it's just way, <laughs> way too overdone. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so much more, you know, uh, not to be like. Um, uh, you could have made a business out of Brian Luck Racing. I mean, it could have been that, or motorsport, auto sport. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you could have made that happen. That could have worked. But yeah, you're right. You would have fallen amongst the rest of the uh, uh, the, the pins uh, and a pile of pins. You know, needles yeah, and a yeah, pile yeah. of needles. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so Valkyrie, you know, Valkyrie was born, um, and uh, you know, we knew. Uh, we also wanted, um, you know, I spent a couple brief stints again. Uh, uh, you know, driving professionally and, and it's just so hard that, that game of chasing those sponsorships, um, you know, I knew it was going to be really, really difficult to ever to make a consistent living doing that, especially when you don't, um, you know, come from a lot of means and have an ability to pay your way to a certain point to get enough, um, enough resume to really start getting the calls. Um, so we said, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to start building cars for other people and um you know still get to drive and uh and obviously that's that's part of our services is driver coaching and whatnot um but i've i've really actually developed a uh almost an equal love for building the cars as, as driving them at this point that is awesome that's actually that was that reminds me of because i started thinking about that because yes i mean the idea is, okay open up a shop and then you go oh crap i gotta make money in multiple as many multiple ways as i can you know and yeah so so you it sounds like your business revolves around, you know, the shop, which I'm assuming you're at right now. That's, that's, yep. that's your shop, right? Yep. And then you've got the track where you, you said um, you, you're doing uh, pre preparations for customers. Uh, so you've got a wide range of services, I guess. Right. Uh, I mean, what kind of, um, well, you're, what you're doing fabrication, race car building and track side servicing from what I can tell as well. Right. Yeah, we do, we do, uh, we do just about every aspect of it. Um, we can build a car from scratch, um, you know, for a client that wants to just go uh, race it on their own, we can build it from scratch and then obviously, um, kind of hold their hand through the process of getting their race license, um, uh, getting competitive on the track. Um, we've had some of our clients go from never, uh, driving before to winning the 25 hours of Thunder Hill with that car in the background there, the, the 350 Z. Wow. Um, we're real proud of that. Um, you know, clients can bring us their own car, um, that they have, and they just want, uh, they need that, that support of, uh, of a team, um, on the weekends and just so they can focus on driving or if they want to do enduros, obviously the team is a, is a must. Um, but, uh, multifaceted is, yeah, is definitely the word. 
<laughs> I, I imagine the, the, the clientele that you're working with isn't a, a guy that I would find on my, on my street block. I mean, I'm assuming the, uh, the, the, the guys you're working with, I mean, these are guys that are off running businesses Monday through Friday and are, are just trying to get that, that, that spare time and doing something that they've always, that they've always liked doing, I guess. Or Yeah. We're lucky. We're lucky enough to be near Silicon Valley. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I would think, I think you're, I mean, with you guys are definitely more upscale and everything you provide. I mean, you're, you're really providing a, a top, top notch service. And so when I think of what you folks do, I think like gentlemen drivers at that level, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. I was, I was going to say we're we're lucky enough to be next to Silicon Valley, and um, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, a lot of good paying jobs around here, and uh, oftentimes, you know, uh, people, um, you know, it's it's the two routes. You can go, you can go my route and have uh, that flexibility, um, but maybe not the paycheck that goes with it, or you can go the other route and get the <laughs> paycheck, and uh, but then obviously you don't have time to build your car um, and build the team and all that stuff, and that's that's where we come in. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and I, you said you're you're doing this, uh, you know, you got the clients, you got the services, and but you're also trying to fill in your own personal track time as you're doing this. You know, I was wondering. Miles mentioned the gentleman driver thing, and, and maybe for those who don't know, that's where somebody who pays for their seat into like an enduro or some some competition in general, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, is it? I mean, how many? First of all, how many people, how many drivers do you need for a typical event? Uh, I assume you're one of them, but also, I mean, are 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 the other spots all gentlemen drivers, or do you have a few regulars that 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 you participate with? Or, uh, well, as far as how many, it depends on the length of the event. Obviously, um, okay. the the shorter enduros, uh, you know, three and four hours, you do with a couple of drivers. Um, you know, six six eight hour enduros somewhere in there. Uh, uh, two very fit drivers, um, or usually three drivers. Uh, and then, you know, the 20, 24, 25 hour events, um, again, four very fit drivers are usually five drivers. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. And then, you know, it, it all comes down to, you know, um, you know, how do you make your, how do you make the budget on the weekend? You know, an, an event like the 25 hour, depending on your class, um, you know, I believe the year, uh, with the, with the number 11, 350 Z behind you there, that was about a $65,000 event. Ooh. Um, and that doesn't include all our sponsorship help. Um, all right. those lovely stickers on the car there that, uh, discounted products and, and whatnot. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so that, that budget's got to come from somewhere. Sometimes you'll, you'll have guys that, um, that want to pay for another pro to be in the car um you know to guarantee a certain level of competitiveness um sometimes they bring their own driver coach someone that they're used to um and they'll pay for them to be in the car um but uh you know it's happened all different kind of ways but at some uh at the end of the day to get these things to the racetrack um we got to make the budget somehow yeah it was wheeling and dealing man i I imagine it's it's just whatever you can do to to fuel uh again not only just making the event but just I mean, this is why you do it. It's it's like, no, I want to be on that track and I will do whatever I can to get on there. I, I assume that's part of the mentality. I mean, it's to just to, just to get some time, some track time like that. So you've been um, 
you've been obviously modifying these cars for a while. You've been modifying a lot of cars for a while uh, because you've been in the game for so long. But uh, I would just wanted to kind of ask a few questions here. Um, and, and why, what got you uh, here with us? I mean, ultimately, what brought you to Nissan? Uh, why did you start competing yeah. and racing with Nissans? We, we had a very brief um, intro to Nissans um, back when we were racing Grand Am. Uh, and when I say we, at this point, this was back when we were racing as a family. Um, and, uh, uh, we were running uh, Subaru at the time and we wanted to step up to the next class and they didn't, uh, Subaru didn't make a car for that class. So, uh, we went out and bought, um, a used 350Z, um, Grand Am GS race car. Um, unfortunately, uh, funding reasons, we never actually even competed with the car. We only owned it for a few months, but um, in that short amount of time, um, I just got a, uh, a view into, into the car, how it was put together. I was really, really impressed with it. Um, just, just loved it. You know, ever since that time, seeing them on the street and whatnot, you know, I was always just kind of always had my eye. <laughs> um, and then when we were, uh, 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 looking to build, uh, the time attack car, when we came into some sponsorship and the, the, the particular sponsor asked, you know, what's the newest, hottest car on the market? And it was like, well, Nissan GTR. I mean, it was, that was the car at the time, right? Mm -hmm. It was, um, mm -hmm. uh, you, you guys mentioned earlier in the, in the intro, you know, um, I believe actually uh, original MSRP, I believe it was 84,000. I think it was, so it was well really? under, yeah. It was oh. well under a hundred grand. So for that performance, right, it was just, it was unreal. Yes. Um, so that got us racing, obviously, uh, Nissans. That got me, um, you know, again, uh, hooked up with uh, Nissan Motorsport and all the wonderful things they have done for us over the years. Cool. Um, and uh, and we've just, you know, we've stuck with it since then. You know, the, the racer support program that Nissan Motorsports does is, is fantastic. The way we can, um, you know, buy parts uh, for the cars. Um, and then, you know, just just love the product. And, you know, we've always, we've always wanted to go our, our own way a little bit. Um, you know, you don't want to just be another, you know, another number out there uh, in the field of cars of a bunch of the same make, whatever it might be. Uh, and in our area, just, there's not many too, there's not too many people carrying the flag. So we enjoy being one of the few. That's what I was You're wondering. <laughs> no, ahead, so the, um, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, other Nissans competing with you at these events. You're pretty much by yourself <laughs> or one or two other that, people. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. So it seems like, uh, right. In terms of other Nissans, uh, the number's pretty, pretty limited, I guess, especially GTRs, I'm sure. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we're, um, there's, uh, yeah, very, very few. Um, we were, when we won in 2016 at, at the 25 hour with the 350 Z, we were the first Nissan to ever, stand on a podium um oh. at the 25 hour event much less win um we actually got this little tiny blurb at the time on a um a nissan global website a global news website um and they called us a 370z at the time which was like kind of <laughs> hilarious but 370z wins the 25 hours of thunder hill we're like it was a 350 but um <laughs> yeah yeah so uh you know we we've kind of become uh the guys in in california anyway that uh, a lot of people come to us and ask you know what we're doing to build these cars and and how to make them survive and how to make them fast um and so we, we there's not there's not a big roadmap in front of us we you know we have to sort of everything we've done with these cars we've just had to learn trial and error and tears 
break it. <laughs> break it, right? <laughs> break yeah. It, fix it. Break it. Fix it. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I I uh, was one, and you mentioned it. And I know Miles has been changing a few of his screen his screenshots and behind him of the multiple cars that you've had. I mean, so it sounds to me that the three hundred and fifty Z was maybe one of the first uh, cars in your stable. Um, I meant I heard a three seventy, not but not the mistake, but I mean you did have a three seventy. I, I think you still do. That's that's behind yep. you right now. That's behind. Yep, that's behind yeah. back there. I mean, uh, that's that one. Yep, that's that one. Okay, that, that one exactly. And then you mentioned the GTR though, but I mean, I figured you know take us through it. I mean, what what's what what Nissans have come has have gone through your garage over since the beginning. Then, well, we had a couple three fifty Zs in the very beginning um, that we actually had intended to build for uh, the spec Z class um, that was new at the time, and uh, you know that class unfortunately just never quite took off in California. We have a um, a very very uh, strong uh, spec racing uh, community that had already embraced a number of other spec racing classes. So it was a, it was a really tough hill to climb for, uh, for the Z. Um, so we sort of transitioned away from that into the endurance racing with the 350 Zs. Um, yeah, like I said, there were two originally. Um, and then I had, a uh, I had a client come to me, the, the 370 Z, um, was kind of a kind of a funny story because uh, I had done a test day in a Porsche GT3 Cup back in 2007 or eight, something like that, a long time ago. And um, uh, I was so blown away. I'd only ever driven these kind of you know tuner built time attack cars where most of the attention is you know put a big turbo on it, make a bunch of power. Uh, you know, get whatever kind of suspension, street suspension type of thing that, you know, you can get sponsored on the car and, and get to the racetrack. Uh, then I drove a, you know, quarter million dollar, you know, rate, just race bread machine that's been engineered for, you know, who, who knows how many years. Um, so blown away by it that I, you know, I wanted to build one. I wanted to build something like it. And um, I had a client with a 370Z who uh, rolled it over at a hill climb. So he was ready for again. That's that car sitting behind me has been upside down. Uh, wow! In the, in the blackberry bushes at I believe it was at Hoopa Hill Climb. Um, but uh, he came to me and said, "You know, what should we do with this thing? You know, I think maybe I'm done with the hill climb things." And I said, "Well, I've got this cool idea of making a 370Z GT3 Cup." Um, okay. So that's how that car was born uh, six or seven years or so ago. And then the car behind you there, Miles, was, um, uh, you know, the dream come true to be able to build a endurance GTR. There were so many people, you know, well, originally when we built our Time Attack GTR, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to build an endurance racing car. It was just That's not where the, the sponsorship took us. So um, it was really cool a decade later to have the opportunity um, to build one. And we had so many people saying oh my god what are you doing using that car what are you doing using that platform it's so heavy it's so this you know it, no one you know i'm like guys are you kidding me like these things are bulletproof these cars are rock solid and they have so much potential from the factory you know um it it's there's a there were a lot of let's say um probably e46 bmws that we raced against that year um in uh, in 2018 i believe that uh, year was that were a lot more costly than that car uh, there in that picture because we spent the money on the donor chassis and then okay. you know bolted on uh, components and there there wasn't a whole lot you know to it the cars again are just so capable so um, when we finished uh, very first 
uh, Nissan GTR to ever finish, to compete and finish at the 25 hours of Thunder Hill. Um, mm -hmm. that year we had so many people come up to us at the end of the event going, Oh my God, I can't believe that thing finished. And it's like, well, we knew, we knew it was going to finish the whole time. <laughs> it didn't surprise us. Uh, it didn't yeah. surprise us. So, um, it was crazy how competitive the car was for a lot of other racing series. I mean, they, the car was just dominating. And then between that and CME, it just had such notoriety, um, you know, in the show world. But then also in the true competitive world, it, it really did hold. It did really kind of stand on its own. And it's crazy that you recognize that so early on that these things can really stand uh, stand through the endurance aspect of it. So that's very cool, man. Well, you know, especially with, um, you know, with endurance racing, you know, the cars, yeah, obviously the cars are a lot heavier than a, let's say a typical road race car, but they wear that weight so well is what I always tell people, you know, the, the weight balance is good. The weight is down low. Um, yes, they are heavy. You'll notice it on the brakes. Um, but, uh, you know, in endurance racing, you're not out there, um, you know, pushing 10 tenths the entire time. Um, and, you know, you mentioned miles earlier, just uh, focus on the weekends um, and how exhausting it is. Well, at the end of a two hour stint in a race car at night, um, you are incredibly mentally exhausted. Um, and so having a car that, you know, first of all, has all wheel drive like that one did. Um, easy to drive and easy to extract that eight tenths level of speed out of. Um, yeah, maybe if everyone starts pushing 10 tenths, the weight of the car starts to be a problem. But when you're out there running, you know, an enduro pace, uh, you could, you know, you could drive that car for, for 10 hours straight and, and not be tired. That's a good point. And, and I, w I was going to get to that too. So you, you, you've obviously driven multiple generations of Z car and then you get mm -hmm. into this GTR and I was just thinking about it. I mean, you're, you're driving it. Like you said eight tenths. I'm sure you have your, your you have your, your, your moments where you are at a 10 driving the car on its limit. Um, yeah, the difference, I mean, I mean, not only between Z and GTR, but also all wheel drive and rear wheel drive. I mean, um, it, what kind of difference, any notable differences between the two that, that you think are pretty you know, worth talking about or, I think, uh, you know, one reason why we, um, uh, my partner and I, that, that I built that car with, one reason we thought that this was going to be a good idea was with the all-wheel drive, you know, because we, um, you know, obviously this is a business and we're out, we're out there trying uh, to make money and, um, but, you know, we're also out there to be uh, competitive and be successful. And when you are running uh, an arrive and drive type team where you've got drivers coming in and out of the car that maybe aren't super familiar with it, their levels of experience are definitely wide ranged um, in the club racing world. Okay. Um, a difficult to drive car obviously is, you know, not as, uh, not as appealing, you know, when you get the all wheel drive, um, especially in a, a rain event or something like that. Uh -huh. Um it was a lot easier for clients to jump into that car uh, and do well um, than say uh, one of our rear wheel drive cars. So you, you did the first race prep GTR. It, it, I, it, honestly, a lot of people, I, I want to back that up here and make sure, cause we kind of panned over that. And that's such an, that's, that's a thing of note that I don't think a lot of people realize you guys really did have the first race prepped GTR and in in the in the country pretty much in 2009 that was it yeah that was it 
Yeah, we, um, it, you know, it was, it was followed shortly thereafter, you know, um, we beat him to the punch by just a little. It was, it was followed shortly thereafter by the, I believe it was Brass Monkey Racing, built some for World Challenge way back when. Um, but we, yeah, we we were the first back in, uh, the forum was called, uh, it's called Nagtrock, uh, like North American GTR Owners Club. And we, um uh, I posted photos. I mean, the story is great. I mean, the, the original time attack car, you know, this, this sponsor called me up, you know, what should we do? I said, we should race a GTR. He says, okay. He lived in Idaho. He says, well, I'm going to go down to my local dealership and buy one. So he went down to his local dealership. He bought this car It had five miles on it. Uh, we showed up uh, at the dealership. We drove out there with, uh, with the hauler to get it. We showed up at the dealership with a few of our crew, you know, took a picture in front of the car and then proceeded to drive the car from the showroom back to their service facility and just start gutting it. it wow. So, I mean, this thing had five miles on it. It was brand new. And we were just, we we're just tearing everything, you know, tearing the carpet out. I mean, we're just, we're just going nuts. And the look on the salesman's face yes, yes. was their jaws were all on the floor. Like, what are you guys <laughs> doing right now? And, uh, you know, so then we, it was the same response we got when we posted the first pictures of uh of the build on these forums people were like oh my god i can't believe someone's doing this um so it was a, it was a cool thing yeah we're really we're really proud of that fact that uh we we pioneered that like 86 86 thousand dollars oh my god this is like <laughs> <laughs> so that gtr behind me actually went on you did 24 you you competed in 24 hours of thunder hill in 2019 is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's the background picture on our Facebook page. Actually. Um, we, we were lucky enough to, uh, have some contacts in, uh, the UK that were the, um, uh, Nissan factory team for the GT Academy program. And they had some, uh, first generation GT three body work just kicking around. We reached out to them. We bought that, uh, bought that bodywork. Uh, we changed the car from the class that it was in that picture there, uh, more of the limited production class, and we went bonkers with it. And we prepped it for the the unlimited class, um, and that was wow. for 2019. And then I think what's so cool about that um, here, the car won, uh, won its class. Um, I believe it was fifth overall, and. Uh, to my knowledge, so someone might correct me on this. To my knowledge, I don't believe a stock drive chain GTR uh, has ever won a 24-hour endurance event in the world um, besides ours. So wow. it's um, we were we were pretty pretty excited about that. You want to you want to give up your secrets here uh, live on uh, <laughs> podcast? How What's, you the made that right, yeah. What's the secret? Right. What's the secret? Now we'll leave it alone. So nah, nah. <laughs> all in the fluids. Well, all in the fluids. <laughs> well, that was actually leading to my second point, or my next idea. My next thought, which was, you know, you, you said you moved into the unlimited class, and I assume at that point you're no longer stock. I mean, you're 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 thinking of every modification that you can get your hands on that would make this car faster or more competitive. And again, me comparing what, what I know about uh, time attack or other events like that is that, I mean, when you see the cars that do time attack, some of them are, you know, done with the best materials and, you know, they're, they're, they're like garage Queens, except for that one day throughout the year. And then you see the other ones where they're just, you know, any means necessary. It's got some grit to it, but it's fully functional. It does everything though. But I mean, 
what kind of modifications are we talking about here? Were, were you able uh, – did you have to do some homemade modifications as well? Or, I mean for, for budget's sake or – So yeah. I think um, you know, one, one important difference between you know, your track day car and your, your time attack car versus the enduro cars that we build is you can't, you can't solve a problem with power. Um, because even if you are in the unlimited class, um, and you know, there's no, no limit on the power you can make, um, you add power in an endurance, uh, format, you're now burning more fuel, you're creating more heat. You've got to stop that power at the end of the straightaway lap after lap, after lap, after lap. Um, so, you know, that year, uh, it was in the unlimited class. It only made 550 horsepower for GTRs. That's like most GTR guys don't even get out of bed for, you know, anything less than a thousand horsepower. You know, so, uh, you know, it's like, oh, cool. Look at this awesome GTR race car. How much power does it make? I'm like 550, you know, because uh, you've got there's so many other things that go into it. Um, so that year, you know, we knew, again, that weight was our biggest enemy uh, yeah. with the car. Um, we knew that, you know, in 2018, uh, I wish I had a picture of it. I've never seen a brake rotor glowing red hot as it's stationary in the pits, not when it's on track, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you see the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the surface material hot and glowing orange, like you do in those pictures. No, no, no. This thing yeah. was static in the pits glowing bright orange um because we had a driver uh uh be a little too aggressive on the brake pedal in his stint so and it was and it's a really heavy car so that was um we knew that that was something we had to address so a lot of the work that went into it was you know the power was the easy part right it was not hard to add more power to the gtr we put a uh, 40 gallon fuel cell in Uh, quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of work to fit that in, um, around everything else, obviously in the car. Um, we, uh, obviously added as much tires we could underneath the GT3 bodywork that we had. Um, and then everything else is just cooling. It, you know, the name of the game in endurance racing is just, you know, cooling, cooling, cooling. You have to, these cars have to basically reach an equilibrium where your standard track day car, especially your time attack cars, they can only run for, uh, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And if you were to look at a data log of um, different temperatures, they would just be doing this. Um, where in endurance racing, so. yeah. you have to, it has to do this. Um, it's got to reach that equilibrium and, uh, uh, and it's got to, you know, be able to then do that for, you know, all night long in some cases. So it was all about, uh, you know, upgrading the brake ducts and where could we remove weight from the car? You know, how much fuel could we, could be put in the car um, to make sure that our, our pit stops, um, you know, were longer than our competitors and that sort of thing. Wow. You know how, and the other thing to, I mean, how are you guys improving on, I mean, the GTR obviously is um, aerodynamically uh, for those that don't know, it, it's a pretty impressive vehicle, but you're, you're not only having to take those same aerodynamics, um, and you're also trying to add in additional cooling. You're, you're trying to, you know, disperse heat where you need to have it um, go. And then you're also trying to eliminate your drag. I mean, how, how does that work out for you uh, in your, not to mention the balance, because now you're throwing in these gigantic ga- gas tanks. I don't even want to talk about what it took to probably get your corner balancing. Where you <laughs> needed to get it. I'm not asking you to give up your secrets for winning and, uh, for obviously what it is, but I mean, where do you start with that process off in your brain? 
you know, when you've got a fresh vehicle, something like that? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, being a, being a small shop, um, you know, we don't, uh, oftentimes in our builds, we don't have access to, uh, to CFD, um, type, you know, data, you know, we're not building these cars and 3d modeling and, and, you know, where exactly are the high pressure and low pressure areas? Where's the turbulent air, um, you know, where to, where to locate the cooler. So I wish I had like a cooler, sexier answer other than just there's a lot of trial and error. Just you know, trial and error. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I've noticed your cars and I've been watching all your uh, Instagram updates and your Facebook updates. And I'm like, and, and you never really point it out. You just show the, the grand picture of some stuff. And sometimes I see some little detail stuff and I was like, Oh, and, and, and I'll, you might change the deflection of a, of, um, uh, of an exit for, for some of the air that you've got going on in there. And then you, you're, um, you're exposing some section here cause you don't want heat soaked out happen and i'm like okay and and i've been meaning to nerd out with you about a lot of little details about that but i just i'm always impressed by the way you kind of set up your cars and it speaks to your experience which is something you can't buy in this industry and um your knowledge which is why i think you've been so successful um with these models um as of late i mean you've got uh, now i wanted to take a few moments to kind of talk about you know, your successes as of late. Um, so, I mean, and I know there's a bit of a, a, a long arm of successes you've had in winning, but I mean, let's just kind of go down the line. Obviously you've done Thunder Hill and you've competed in, but you've actually had some, you've logged a lot of like, not only wins, but historic efforts that nobody else has, has logged as well as a business, which I think is ultimately what, what separates you from everybody else, which is exactly why we have you on here today. I want to take a few moments and talk about those type of things. So what do you think are your biggest successes? I, I know a lot of them, but I wanted you to kind of mention for the folks at home, like give us some of your more notable ones. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, I think, um, you know, we, we've, we've talked, we've obviously touched on a few, a uh, few of the the highlights. I think one thing that that we're really 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 proud of and i and i'm most proud of is is we're one of the winningest teams in the history of the 25 hour and since um you know we we did our first 25 hour event in um uh 2015 um we placed uh sixth that year we had a electrical gremlin in our engine harness that kept us off the podium that year cost us some time in the pits just one of the worst I mean, if you if you were to ask any endurance racer, like, what's the worst type of problem, uh, you know, to be fighting? Um, it, it's those type of come and go gremlins that just eat up time mm. in the pits. Anyway, anyway, that was uh, uh, our first year. But since then, we haven't done an event where we weren't on the podium or won. Um, some events were we ran two cars. Um, again, I'm really proud of this. We have a small a small team with a lot of volunteers and most teams that show up running two cars um, that aren't uh that aren't you know um much simpler to run machines like say a a miata or something like that these are teams that are are uh coming down from imza um you know or world challenge to come sort of play with the club race guys for the weekend so you know in in 20 uh 2017 18 and 19 we ran two car efforts in all of those years and um uh the cars both cars were on the podium in all those years and uh yeah really really proud of that consistency that's awesome. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, 
I wanted to talk about, uh, you, you know, we're uh, we're running a, a little over on time tonight, but I did want to kind of touch Whoa. on a few more things here before we kind of got here uh, for the night. So, um, first off, I want to most recently kind of talk about an exploit uh, that just came out on your Facebook page, and I'll, <laughs> I'll blow it up here. But do you recognize that right there? It gives me chills just looking at it. <laughs> I noticed you kind of playing around with this on your most recent Facebook update. You want to talk about that? Yeah, we, um, this, this is one of those, you got to pinch yourself moments. Um, uh, that, that car is, is one of one in the country. Um, that particular car raced at Laguna Seca, um, uh, by an international professional team called KCMG. Uh, in the Intercontinental GT Challenge. Uh, so it's been in the States once. Um, it's never been professionally road raced by um, by a domestic team here in the States. Uh, and we were lucky enough to go out and help a client shake it down. Um, so that, I mean, that's a piece of history sitting right there. And, uh, you know, I've said it a few times to a couple of people that I've talked to about it. Um, it's been a long time since I've been nervous climbing into a race car. Um, I would say the last time I was that nervous was when I, I tested that Porsche GT3 cup and um, my dad was uh, you know, I had again, great support from my family back um, uh, in the beginning. And uh, uh, there was a $25,000 damage deposit um, that my dad had to put down on that car so that I could drive it that day. Um, and I, I swear I could see the silhouette of that check on the dash when I was driving the car. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I, I was just about as nervous climbing into this car because it's, uh, yeah, it's obviously a piece of history and uh, certainly the most valuable car I've ever driven. Um, but that thing is a work of art, and it was, uh, yeah, pretty exciting. You got wow. pretty close to some walls out there. I won't say anything. But then again, you're just driving the track, and you're driving your, your – you're, you're, you're racing your race, so we'll leave you alone. You're, you're just out there having some fun. But uh, – <laughs> I understand. Was the owner riding shotgun with you when that was going down? <laughs> no, no. The owner was out uh, watching on pit wall. I think probably uh, certainly more nervous than I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we, we've just met each other. So, um, uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've been in the, wow. we've been in the same world. We, uh, we've known any, of each other. We've been in the same world for, for a while now, but, um, you know, definitely first time we've, we've met. And, uh, yeah, so I think he was, uh, it was nice of him to trust me with the car. Um, and I'm sure he was more nervous than I was, but, um, yeah, uh, that, I mean, that car right there, uh, we've been building our 370Z, you know, we call it, um, uh, lovingly call it a GT three and a half car because it's faster <laughs> than factory built GT four cars, but not quite as fast as, as a piece of machinery like that behind you. And, um, you know, we take a lot of our cues of, of components that we put in the car, um, aerodynamics, uh, you know, from just looking, um, you know, lurking online and looking at pictures of suspension um, pieces and uh, uh, engine bays and, you know, of these factory built cars. Um, so we've been striving towards, uh, you know, building our own version of one. So it was pretty special to be able to drive a, a, a legit factory built GT3 car. That's awesome, man. Wow. Um, wow. For, for Valkyrie, yeah. uh, let's see here. Do you guys have anything coming down the line uh, as of recently? Anything you want to kind of rumor yeah. or hint at? <laughs> don't, get yourself, don't get yourself in trouble. So Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get myself in trouble here. But, um, uh, yeah, there's there's some definitely some stuff that, that might be coming. 
Um, we are hoping to do some more racing with that GT3 car. Um, we'll just kind of, we could kind of leave it at that for now, but uh, sure, sure. if, if mm -hmm. we uh, uh, certainly, uh, you guys will be the first to know um, if, uh, yeah. if what is coming in the pipeline actually, actually arrives. Um, and then with our, um, with our 370Z, uh, right. We've got um, the Western Endurance Racing Championship uh, events that we plan to do with that car this year. The, there's a six-hour race at Utah. There's a six-and-a-half-hour race at Laguna Seca, which is super special because yeah. uh, with the sound restrictions at Laguna, um, you know, it's 45 minutes from my house, and I hardly ever get to race there. So um, it's really cool that uh, NASA got a unlimited sound day to host this um, enduro there. So that should be a huge event. Wow. Um, so yeah, we got some some fun enduros coming up with the 370Z, and uh, we're looking forward to that. That's very cool, cool man. Congratulations. Yeah. Let's see. If Thank you. you. Absolutely. I see, a, I see a new Z in your future one of these days, maybe too as oh, well. Huh? So. We're you know uh, our history of firsts. Um, again, we're really proud of it, and yeah, uh, we really yeah we're we're hoping that we can continue that that tradition. It's funny when people talk, talk to when we when I bring up you and and I'm talking about you just in and you we have to name drop you guys or anything and I I always kind of mention like oh you know what is it about them I was like they're kind of a a business of firsts so you know you just have to kind of know your history and learn everything about you guys but um, you know I, it's a no nonsense uh, a brand and and I'm glad you guys are holding holding it up and I think you guys are gonna do some amazing things in the future that's pretty cool so congrats Thank um, you very before much. we uh, before we kind of let you go for the night I did want to ask did you want to uh, um, um, mention, give a shout out to any sponsors or anything like that. Oh my God. Now you're like, put me on the, on the spot. here. Like... <laughs> well, I mean, Hey, you know, you got to give the shout out for the sponsors, all the folks that have kind of, uh, gotten you to where you are that you may want to give a little shout out to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I hope I don't get myself in trouble by forgetting anybody. If I forgot you, I wasn't prepped for this question. No, no, so, I didn't uh... prep you at all. I, I, like, I, like to just, I, I think, you know, to get that, uh, uh, to get, just be spontaneous. Oh yeah. You're not to be prepared, but at the that's, same time, we like to keep you on your, on that's your, the miles signature. Feelings. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, we've, we've had, uh, we, we've had some fantastic partners. Um, you know, we, uh, I, I like to call myself that Jack of all trades, master of none. And, you know, <laughs> we, we're able to put the machines together that we do because we work with just some awesome, awesome technical partners um, you know, so we certainly, you know, uh, Jim Wolf Technology, for example, our, our motor builder forever. They're just, there's no one better in the world at, at building Nissan engines. Um, awesome. uh, yeah, SPL parts, you know, they're, they're obviously, they're, they're huge. Every time, you know, we've been in a bind, um, we're prepping for the next Enduro. We need a, you know, a pile of spares. Um, you know, they've been, they've been there for us. Their, their components are obviously indestructible. Um, Stop Tech has been huge for us. Um, for years and years, uh, again, endurance racing eats up a lot of brakes, um, uh, especially when we're we're breaking new ground like endurance racing a GTR. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Endurance racing a, a GTR uh, takes takes a lot of brakes, so um, they were, they were fantastic. <laughs> and, and and Nissan Motorsports, obviously, um, you know, it, it's a shame, uh, especially out here in California. You know, sometimes I, I mention the program, and and people don't even know it exists. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You, you track a Nissan. You don't know that you can like, you know, call Nissan Motorsports and 
get this incredible discount on OE parts and, you know, the awesome service that comes with it, the technical knowledge that comes with it. Um, you know, we've had pallets of OE parts show up uh, to prep these cars for uh, the endurance events. Um, that'd be really difficult without them, uh, without their involvement as well. So um, those are probably some of the big ones. There's probably more that I'm that I'm missing. Uh, so many over the years, but uh, I'd say those are some key some key uh, contributors. Again, no offense to any of the sponsors that uh, that we did actually put you on the spot here tonight. So no offense. <laughs> to yeah, yeah, there. yeah. So I just wanted to. I like to see people squirm a little bit. It makes me. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's one story that I did want to bring up before we let you go for the night. Now, this is too cool of a fact that we just had to let you slide on it, and then we'll let you kind of go for the night. Now, you have a story about you sitting next to a piece of Nissan race history. Um, and that was pretty much what you looked at outside of your desk for a number of years. I'll let you tell everybody about it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, my first job, um, uh, in the motorsport industry, uh, was working for a, a vintage, uh, race car uh, shop called Canapa design here locally. They're, they're, they're world famous. They've got, they've got hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of, uh, of vintage race cars. And, um, I worked in the parts department there. So I got to look at a lot of cool, uh, cool cars, but my favorite was one of the IMSA, uh, the glory days of the IMSA GTP class. Um, I got to look at that car every day. It was about 20 feet, uh, from me. Um, and, uh, you know, um, uh, Matt Brabham, uh, drove with us, uh, for, uh, in 20, uh, 2018, uh, or excuse me in 2019. And, uh, you know, so I was telling him like, you know, I- I'm not sure if this was the car that your dad drove, but like to, you know, almost 20 years later at the other side of my career, you know, uh, it's, a, I guess a small world in a way and, and really, really cool that, um, you know, I uh, got to talk, chat about the car with him and him telling stories of his dad and, and whatnot. So, you know, for, for our little team uh, to be connected to these little pieces of history um, uh, is, is pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, I always, you're, you're Nissan man through and through. And, uh, <laughs> we hope you lots of success and we hope Nissan grants you a new Z. That'd we're, be pretty badass. Dude, man, so, yeah. Yeah. For real. For real. <laughs> so if you're listening, Right. If we that, can get that, one car, go ahead and ship that on over there. <laughs> uh, get on down to that man right there and let him have it. So, definitely <laughs> worthy of Valkyrie. So, oh yeah. But uh, very yeah. cool for you to join us here tonight, man. Uh, thank you for yeah. dedicating a little bit, uh, giving a little bit of your yeah. time in between your busy yeah. schedule of of I, taking care of the rich and the famous and uh, in these cars. <laughs> it's uh, setting up your own I, race cars and uh, and winning uh, and and kicking ass over what you uh, out there racing. So. I think I think part of the uh, summary. I was thinking about how you were talking about these cars and the way you got to think about it. It's it just something that came to me was like this endurance racing. It's it goes. It, this is chess, not checkers. Like there's multiple strategies happening at the same time. Like Jesus. Like I mean, hats off, man. I never learned chess, so. <laughs> well, it was my... more of a it was more of a rock paper scissors kind go of go fish. So yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go fish. <laughs> Yeah, well, my uh, my wife, uh, crew chief uh, extraordinaire, uh, she's always telling me when it comes to the strategy part during the races, I come out, you know, I've been probably taking a nap in the in the RV getting ready for my next stint. I come out and I poke my nose into what's going on on our tire strategy. She just looks at me and she's like, you know, give me that look like, 
Just go back in the RV. I've got this. <laughs> let, let me do my thing. There's, yeah, I think she, yeah. uh, on our, we have like just a really fun little, uh, you know, home video that we made of our 2016 win. And I think there's a, there's a, uh, a point in that where she even calls me out in that, in that video going, you know, here's the driver sticking his nose in, you know, where it doesn't belong. <laughs> That's so cool, man. The fact that you, I mean, you got, you got everybody involved and especially, you know, you're, significant other like that man that's that's not that, again the pull it off man that's you, you definitely, <laughs> you definitely great, won the lottery event. yeah, yeah. And, you, and the fact you've got a good one so we'll leave that alone right now kudos to you for uh for keeping, it, for keeping it all together being the glue so thank the you glue. <laughs> i definitely wanted to promote your shop of course uh for those who are listening i wanted to say that of course uh ValkyrieAS.com. That's that's your website, right? For that'll direct to uh, details of all the services you provide, uh, whether it's trackside or shop. You said fabrication work. I mean, anything in particular you want to detail? Uh, I mean, it seems like you do. The, you've got everything. Yeah, I mean that's it. I mean it's it's uh, like you said. There's a, a list on the website there, but um, you know, and, and especially more recently, we're really trying to focus on. Uh, on the trackside services um, and support. Um, so yeah, absolutely, uh, ValkyrieAS.com or, um, you know, uh, these days, right? It's all, it's the Facebook page, it's the Instagram page. So check yeah. us out on uh, on our on our social medias and we try to post as much content as possible. Um, and we'll try to we'll try to post most more uh, smoky burnouts, Mike. We've been talking about that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah we were talking, yeah. Yeah, you got a little get get a little more Forsberg with your with your life. Exactly, <laughs> uh, exactly. That, that's what that's what gets them. That's what you need. And you need more flat bill kids and coming at you. So that's what I, it is. I posted. I made a post with some Motec data at one point uh, years back, and I thought this was the coolest post ever. Like showing this data <laughs> of like what we had done to the cooling of the car. It got like one like. So. <laughs> if you would have just done that and do a, did a fat. Fat sick burnout at the end. Yeah, you would have at least four thousand hits. Not just absolutely, so. absolutely. <laughs> oh man! Well, again, uh, thanks, Brian, for coming on with us tonight. Uh, we you. will continue to update you with everything that's happening with you guys, and uh, continue to check out our um, our links to your pages and all your endeavors uh, here at the Nissan Nerd Podcast. So, thanks for being with us tonight, Brian. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for what you do. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. We'll definitely have to have you back on again sometime if, if you ever want to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it'd be my pleasure. Awesome, man. Cool, again, th man. Thanks again. Thanks again. Enjoy man. the uh, free water and the and the crackers in the green room. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, man. Mike, we have a few more things to kind of cover here tonight. Uh, we yeah. got to go over events, and then we are wrapping up for the night. So, let's just do a quick wrap of of uh, upcoming events here for the uh, for the next few months. Mike, go ahead. Let's go for it. All right. Uh, events happening uh, across the country. Again, this is obviously an outreach. For those of you listening, if if there's an event happening in your area, definitely share it with us. If you go to Nissan Nerd, info at NissanNerd.com, we want to hear more events and we'll be happy to share it. Just want to start off by saying that. But uh, getting into the events that we do want to share, let's go ahead and start it off. The most recent event that, that's coming down the line is, of course, Z-Days. Um, happening this year at blowing rock north carolina this is happening may 18th 
to the 21st. So we're about two months away. It's, it's it may seem like a lot of time, but it really isn't. So, um, you know, we're really kind of getting into that that real um, car show season, car festival season. Uh, Z Days for a very long time has been one of the first events of every year to really kick off that the season that we're talking about. So uh, definitely want to encourage you to come check it out. Of course, you can go to zdays.com to get more information about the show, uh, uh, the events that are happening throughout the event. I believe that this is a five-day, again, 18th to the 21st. This is a, a, a five-day event. Uh, tons of things happening. Uh, tons of cruises. I believe it's typically a car show. Um, of course, our buddy Brian Settle, who is the organizer uh, for Z Days, not his first time. Obviously, Z Days is happening for what? What is it now? 15, 16, 7? I, I should know the number. Four hundred it years. It's, it's, it's four hundred. It's yeah. fine. It's been well, going on for a hot minute. So, for those that don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Z Days is a pretty legit event. You need to go out there and check that out. We've had a blast every time I've go, we've gone to Z Days. We've had nothing but fun. Brian is amazing. He puts on a great show. Again, check it out at Z days that's zdayz.com um and uh every state pretty much represents while they're out there um check it out get registered here today check that out may 18th through the 21st bowling rock yep north carolina uh and that's the big thing too is that the reason why i mentioned this uh registration list of course uh, as an organizer i mean miles you me and you we both know this is that as you begin to prepare for an event you really got to figure out quantities of merchandise quant how many dinners do you prepare for so really registration no matter what no matter what the event is it's very it's very helpful to organizers if you register as early as you can so we definitely want to encourage registration uh, again cdays.com take a look and yeah and honestly it's really cool I, I, this is one of the only websites that kind of you know I, I can't think of very many other websites that tell you exactly who's going and it's public information and, and they register it per state so it's kind of becomes like a competition you know what i mean uh obviously north carolina has a huge representation florida uh has a huge crew coming out uh south carolina team uh is is, is definitely representing uh texas so far we're at two i think we can up those numbers with a pretty big state so i mean you texas folk that are listening uh, you really got to let's, let's represent uh, at, at, at Z days uh, for the Texas uh, contingent, I guess you can say. So moving on, moving on. Let's, ne- let's do next this. event down the list is going to be Branson Z Fest. Yep. Um, that is coming up in June. That's June 1st to June 5th out of Branson, Missouri. Uh, registration is now open. Hotel is now open. So if you haven't checked that out, that's going to be a good event this year. They are definitely pumping it up over the last year or two. Their yeah. numbers are growing and the, um, the, uh, the, the sheer vibe of the event is growing as well. So if you get a chance, definitely check that out that is bransonzfest.org go check it out and register because registration is now open folks let's go for it all right next one down the line is happening it's it's t- <laughs> the way it works out it happens on the tail end of branson z fest however this event is happening in new jersey we're talking about the fourth annual nissan skyline meet and friends uh, this is at the princeton airport in new jersey um, you can go to their website. They have uh, definitely sign up uh, information. Um, the the uh, site that you can go to, it's called uh, Northeast Nissan Skyline Meet.com. We're going to have their link in the show notes. Feel free to click on that and get some information. Uh, spectators, $20. There's a show and shine for 30 
And if you want to be part of the ult- ultimate package, a judge car show, uh, $40 as an entry fee. And of course, kids 10 and under are free. Uh, really nice website. Well put together. I really, uh, simple and effective. I, I do like it so much. So, um, Moving on to and the next one, Miles. You want to knock this one out? Last event for the for our for our lineup on our calendar is going to be the 35th in, oh, National Z Convention. Uh, this year is going to be hosting uh, this uh, this year hosting event is going to be in Birmingham, Alabama. That's July 25th through July 30th. Again, registration is now open. Hotels open. Uh, we talk about a lot about this event as we get a little closer to it. But yep. again, you can check that out at zcon.org. Org, you got that. I I I hear that. Uh, I I hear that. Uh, that experience. Macho Man Randy Savage. Org. I'm gonna get. I need to. I need to steal some. Some some sound bits from old Mr. Savage himself. So we'll see if I can start going and get some stuff. That would be fun. Yeah. That sounds good. Let's go figure it out. Coming at you. All right. So again, um, we want to thank everybody for uh, coming on. Obviously, we want to thank Brian for being with us here tonight. Um, But we really couldn't do it without you, our community out there. We want to make sure that we remind everybody out there to um, like, share, and subscribe. You can contact us at the info at NissanNerd.com. Our next episode uh, is going to be a little delayed, Mike. Talk about it. Yes, you uh, have a trip out to... uh, out to New Mexico. You've got some property out there. I know you're uh, getting things situated. Uh, uh, you've got a huge garage. You just you just uh, installed whoa, whoa, or had whoa, established. Don't be telling people my business. Ah, yeah, yeah. Right, now, yeah, I, so we are going to have a, a a gap in in our next episode lineup. Yes. We're thinking that it, we're probably going to be doing this three weeks out, um, yeah. and then uh, when when I come back from vacation, we will be doing uh, another episode. And we'll try to have something spectacular and some good fun stories oh, yeah. when we get back from that. But uh, once I'm um, back um, from vacation, we'll. Uh, We'll definitely try to have a good show for you at that point. So Tons. for those that don't know, we'll be a slight delay before we get into April. So just to let you know. Tons so. to share, lots to uh, catch up on. And yeah, that is the first week of April. That's probably the next time you can look forward to uh, the next episode. Uh, this has been a really good episode 45. We didn't mention the number this week. So yeah, we're at episode 45. You know, we got a lot going on coming. today. <laughs> we did. I enjoyed it. I actually had a really good time. Man. Yeah, lots, uh, lots to cover. So but again, um, you know, I, I want to say I want to thank everybody for being on with us here tonight. Uh, I want to thank everybody who continues to support us out there. Again, um, you know, make sure that you're being active in your local clubs. Um, and then for the most part, just get your ass in your garage and make something cool. You know, I, I, you know, yeah. do your own thing. But, you know, uh, definitely get in there and ma- get in your garage, make something cool and uh, continue to support the brand. That's all I'm going to say. So. Great words, great words. Always true, man. I'll be, I'll be doing that this weekend as well. And uh, for those again who are with us here tonight, thank you for being with us. This has been a really good episode. Uh, for anything, whatever you've got left in your drink, uh, let's go ahead and give uh, our final salute for the night. Let's say, kanpai, uh, woo, clink. Again, what, drink what you have, guys. Oh God, it's all at the bottom. <laughs> all right.
No, I've enjoyed. Oh dude, this is. I mean, I think three is a pattern. One's a coincidence. What, what's the what's the what's the phrase? <laughs> dude, two hours. Why are we running two hours these nights? This is good. Again, me, stop being a regulator, man. We gotta we gotta just. This is where. You, you got to get into it, man. You got to get into the thick of it and just – this is where you nerd out you, no matter how <laughs> long it is. It's like, it's like we're having a – it's like we're having this really good conversation and you're the guy who's like, hey, man, my mom's calling. I got to go. Like that's like – <laughs> But no, I mean I, I feel you and I, I get it. What's crazy is I'm the guy that keeps the party alive. You know what I mean? And oh. you're the guy – that, well, uh, that normally used to just have to go home because his mom would call him. But nah. I mean, now the it's flipped. You know what I mean? You know why? It's yeah. that single guy life. That's what oh. it is. That's uh, what it is. I, uh, I, I, I answer to no one except for God Himself. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, is, am I laughing or crying? I don't know what's happening here. That's <laughs> we all lie to ourselves in different ways. It's okay. So, but uh, yeah. I, again, thanks guys for being on with us tonight. Go home. Yeah, yeah get in your garage. Go Have do something. Have a great night, guys. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Good night. Mm -hmm. Bye. Go. Leave. Just go. Get out of here. Get out of here. Go. 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 Later, guys. Go.